from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells. Well, welcome to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and things that are happening in the world. Plus issues, commentary on issues that that upset our stomachs, that cause us to lose sleep. And hopefully through Straight Talk, you'll get some answers that will help calm your anxieties and fears. That's what we're about. Straight Talk, you've got questions. Hopefully we have some answers for you. I'm Jean Wells, and I truly do feel blessed to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio here in Iowa Catholic Radio. Now, on today's show, we're going to talk about fact or fiction. Dr. William Yost is joining us. He's the internist with um, Unity Point and a member of the Medical Committee advising Bishop Johnson in our Catholic schools on the medical risks of COVID-19. So we're very excited to have him join us so we can talk through some of these issues and get some answers to some questions, maybe some conspiracy theories. You know, it's the third week of August, and it's like every other third week in August as kids are excited about getting ready for school. You know, they've maybe got a new backpack, new folders, the markers are needed. Maybe they needed a new scissors. I'm thinking of the little kids and how excited they are. But this year, they also have to bring a supply of disinfectant wipes and have face masks, enough to throw one in the laundry every night. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, To children, the excitement is the same, but for parents, it's a different kind of anxiety of sending their children to school. It's less now about, my baby is a senior, or my baby is now in kindergarten, but is my baby going to be safe in school? As parents, it's good to be prepared and to know your children and to prepare your children to follow these new rules to be safe. It is a matter of self-discipline. And after all, my friends, isn't that one of the skills we want our children to learn and to grow with is self-discipline. Now, one of the big questions I want to know is how long will this coronavirus last? Now, in a recent interview, Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, the nation's leading health expert and one of the world's most trusted voices on all issues related to COVID-19, he said, and I quote, things can't and won't get back to how they were until the transmission rate is reduced significantly. That can happen once people start respecting the rules again and once the first vaccines start rolling out more widely but it'll take more than a year for the U.S. to get back to normal, end quote. Now, for me, thinking of another year of this seems like forever, but at least it's a time frame I can grasp. The thought of the coronavirus continuing indefinitely is disheartening. So please, swallow your pride, if if that's what it is, and wear your mask. Let's wash our hands excessively and stay six feet apart. Let's do all that we can so a one-year time frame is achievable. Okay, let's talk about some events now coming up. Our, our Catholic schools will begin classes soon, some on the 19th and others then uh, the next week. As always, let's be mindful of the children walking to and from school. 
don't be so focused on COVID that we forget that little ones are walking to and from school and maybe they get too excited and forget to pause at the, the curb before they cross. So be prepared, be watchful. The 2020 Bishop's Golf Outing is at the end of this month, August 31st at, first at Echo Valley. And you can register online at catholiccharitiesdm.org. Now, although this tournament may look a little different than in the past with additional restrictions and social distancing standards, we will make sure you have a great day on the links while you support Catholic Charities' mission of empowering individuals and strengthening families. The Christ Our Life Conference is still on for September 26th and 27th. Uh, with COVID-19 as an issue, there are multiple options for you to participate. You can still attend in person or you can do live streaming of the conference. For complete information and tickets, go online to ChristRLifeIowa.com. Now in the news, if you've checked any news at all, you know that the Democratic National Convention uh, began last night and runs through August 20th. Uh, with speeches um, available from 8 to 10 p.m. Now, whether you are a Democrat, a Republican, or another party, I believe we need to educate ourselves on the issues and platforms of all candidates so that we become better informed citizens and we can have civil conversations. We can't just throw everyone under the bus. We need to be informed about the issues and have good conversations. The uh, derecho storms from last Monday with winds topping 116 miles an hour did not play favorites with Iowans impacted. 43% of Iowa's corn and soybean crops were damaged. Uh, Steve Bowen, a meteorologist and head of the Catastrophe Insight for the reinsurer Aon, said the damage toll to agriculture alone is likely to reach the billions of dollars. Semis, the transportation industry, were tossed about on the interstate highways. In Cedar Rapids, a report said every house had some sort of damage and that most businesses were closed. We are eight days later and most now have electricity and internet services back on. But that doesn't mean that there is no need for prayer. Let us say prayers for the health and well-being of all of those impacted by the derecho. When we come back, we'll be visiting with Dr. William Yost, the internist with uh, an internist with Unity Point and a member of the medical committee advising Bishop Johnson and our Catholic schools on the medical risks of COVID-19. Fact or fiction? We're going to find out some scoop. It's time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leanetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. The coronavirus has impacted lives in Iowa and around the world. This is especially true in rural South Africa, where COVID-19 restrictions have led to vulnerable children being hospitalized due to starvation. To combat this hunger, Blessman International now offers a program called One Child at a Time. You can sponsor a child in South Africa for $1 a day. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. BlessmanInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq-demoin.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and I encourage you uh, to give um, a thought and prayer about how your families may be impacted by COVID um, and have confidence in the work that is being done in our schools to make sure that your your kiddos and the teachers are safe. Um, but we're going to talk about all of this stuff related to COVID-19. I called it weirdness on uh, John Leonetti's show this morning, and I think that's true. And, and uh, we have Dr. William Yost with us. He's an internist with Unity Point and a member of the Medical Committee advising Bishop Johnson and our Catholic schools on the medical risks of COVID-19. Boy, is there a lot of fact and fiction about this disease. Isn't that right, doctor? Boy, that is absolutely correct, Jean. Yeah, I you know, you read these reports and you're like, oh, no, I need to react to that. And then the next, you know, post you get, it's something that's exactly the opposite. So you become very either high anxiety or disbelieving on everything. Well, I think that is one of the great challenges. I, I think that part of what makes this so difficult 
is that it is a novel coronavirus. We've never seen this co- mm-hmm. particular coronavirus before. We're learning about it as we go. Uh, and there is a lot of conflicting information out there. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. It's very difficult for the average person to sort through that and find out the truth in the signal. So it's understandable that people are very anxious and uncertain. Well, we'll hopefully uh, break through some of that today. But let's start first with with your background and, and how your work brings you this better understanding of the coronavirus. Well, a uh, little bit about my background, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm an Iowan. I was essentially born and raised here. I, I attended my uh, undergraduate studies at Iowa State. I went to the University of Iowa for medical school. I did my training on the East Coast, and I trained in internal medicine, uh, stayed out there for an additional year as a chief resident, and altogether about 11 years in the Army before I came back to Iowa and went into practice in 1995. So I am a general internist, as you said. Uh, I basically take care of adults with medical problems. Uh, and so mm-hmm. sometimes it's easier for my family even to, to uh, understand what I do when I tell them that I don't deliver babies, I don't do surgery, and I don't uh, take care of children generally, at least none below the age of about 15. I take care of adults mm-hmm. with medical problems, but that includes infections, uh, and that, of course, includes COVID-19 these days. Mm-hmm. Well, now this committee, you're a member of this committee that is advising Bishop Johnson on the coronavirus. Um, who's all on the committee? Are they all medical professionals, or are they, um, who's on the committee? Well, uh, you know, if, first of all, we won't appear on any organizational chart. We're not on an org chart anywhere, but uh, <laughs> we, we have had uh, the, the honor and the privilege of assisting the bishop and his team as we first returned to public masses, uh, and then I've also had the, uh, the privilege to participate in some of the uh, advising of our schools uh, as they develop mm-hmm. their return to learning plan. So um, I'm obviously on this committee, as is Dr. Dan Allen. Dr. Allen is also a, uh, a general internist like myself. And really, uh, he and I have been the principal advisors here, at least in central Iowa, to my knowledge. And, you know, that's because he and I are the ones that typically get the emails from the bishop and his team, uh, emails to which we respond. Um, and then as far as the return to learning plan, uh, the advisory team has included myself, Dr. Dan Allen, and uh, Dr. Christy Sullivan, who is a pediatrician in Ankeny. Uh, and I know that there are others in the city that are involved. I, I've heard of uh, friends and colleagues that are working with Dowling, for example, or working with some of the other schools. It's a very complex issue with schools that have plans that often are slightly different from one another. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, you know, it's comforting to know that Yes, we have to trust in God that he will take care of us, but that doesn't mean that God didn't give us an intellect to try to understand issues as best we can. And Precisely. it's comforting for me to know that, you know, Bishop and the schools are calling on people who this is their career, <laughs> that we're not just uh, taking our diagnoses from Facebook. And, right. um, and, and acting to that. So let, let's talk about some basic COVID information first, so that we're all on the same page here. Um, face masks, washing hands, distancing between folks seem to be the stopgap measures. Some people are on board. Others think it's crazy. Where do you stand as a medical professional? 
Well, I, you know, I'll tell you what, what I think is uh, very important and what I tell my patients and my family members, and that is that it is essential that we practice social distancing, that we wash our hands scrupulously and carefully and often. And wearing face masks when in public is a very good idea. Now, you know, none of this is the entire answer, and I think probably mm-hmm. the single most important thing is to stay home if you're sick. Uh, people that go to work, people that go out into public when they have symptoms consistent with COVID are only infecting other people. Um, but the challenge there is not everybody is symptomatic when they're shedding the virus. There's a period of time when the virus is incubating anywhere from 2 to 14 days where they're shedding the virus without any symptoms, and that's why it's important to wear the mask, to wash your hands, and to practice social distancing where you can. If we ever wanted to grow up to be a doctor, this is our first step in washing our hands preparing for <laughs> surgery. It's like they do on TV. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so another little tidbit. Um, COVID-19, I read once, so therefore it must be true, it was on the Internet, the abbreviation for COVID-19 stands for co-rona virus disease, and the 19 is for 2019. Was that true? That is true. Is that a good? Okay. <laughs> That's one of the things Ooh. on the internet that is true. <laughs> okay. And there was no coronavirus 1 through 18. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, now, I saw a humorous meme on that the other day. It's like, oh, no, who had COVID-18? And it's like, I don't know, where is it? Um, and you're probably we, aware that, you know, uh, the common cold is caused by coronavirus. Coronavirus is a family of viruses. Uh, and so it's so a generic term, okay. Yeah, kind of generic. It's, it's a mm-hmm. family, the coronaviridae. And so there are different members of the family, and some of those members cause the common cold, and some of those members cause things like SARS or, or MERS, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome that we saw a few years ago. And now there's a new member of the family. It's, COVID, uh, it's, it's actually SARS-CoV-2 that causes COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You're speaking foreign language now. You went yeah. from English to foreign language. Um, <laughs> Now, we've all seen the charts and the graphs which show the percentage of folks tested, the positive results, the negative results, the number uh, recovered, the number of deaths. And it, it reads as if the percentage of deaths are so small and our mitigation efforts so large that as a nation, we have overreacted because we've done too much. Have, have we? Or, or has our overreaction really prevented us from the much worse, uh, much more serious consequences? Well, I I don't think that we've overreacted, honestly, at least not in terms of our mitigation efforts. You know, we could Mm -hmm. we could probably have a longer discussion about things like closing down elements of our economy and the long term impact. And people in my profession are very concerned about the impact of taking children out of schools, uh, the impact on mental health, uh, accessibility to food in some cases. I mean, these are real issues. But I don't think the mitigation efforts have been an overreaction. Uh, I think that's been an appropriate reaction to something that is wildly contagious and does have a mortality rate, it appears, uh, between 1% and 2%. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we've had what 170,000 deaths, I think is a number I saw recently. Yes. But Dr. Fauci had said it could be up to, you know, a million or more deaths. And you know, is was he over exaggerating or is that or have we had so many fewer deaths because of the mitigation efforts? Great question. I mean, do we know? We don't know. Uh, okay. You know, it's it may be due to the mitigation efforts. It also may be that the models were simply incorrect. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Dr. Fauci. Uh, I actually mm-hmm. knew him when I was a resident many years ago, and uh, he was every bit as bright and impressive then as he remains today. But none of us are God, and none of us are infallible. Uh, only time's going to tell what what mm-hmm. kind of ultimate attack rate and mortality rate we see. But we do need to do. I mean, as an individual, I can wear a mask. I can wash my hands extensively. I can stay away from folks as much as possible. I mean, those are things that I personally can be responsible for and have the self discipline of to help stop whatever is happening out there. And if we all did that, we would be in a much better shape, right? Well, I think it's probable that we would be. And, you know, the the goal from the very beginning was to flatten the curve. There was never Mm -hmm. any expectation that we would all escape this virus. We simply wanted to slow its, uh, its transmission through our population, which I think we've been able to do in a lot of cases. But I think continuing to do that and, and waiting for that vaccine that we hope arrives um, will depend upon continued mitigation efforts. There's really no mm-hmm. downside to wearing a mask in most cases. Mm-hmm. Well, my glasses fog up. That's the, I agree. So yeah. do mine. <laughs> yeah. So that's irritating. It's annoying. Um, but if it saves a life, it's so, you know, big deal. My glasses fog up. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Now, let okay, let's talk conspiracy theories. Now, depending on whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, the other party is the one that caused this, right? <laughs> That's a, that appears to be what the Internet tells me. Right. And, and after the election, it'll go away. Uh-huh. So, you know, Dr. Fauci's uh, article the other day that said it would take a year. I mean, he was wrong there. It's, it's all about the, <laughs> the election. Right. Because um, I mean, we need more anxiety in the world, don't we? Yeah, yeah, apparently we must. Yeah. Now, the one that, that I'd heard, and it sounded like there was a semblance of truth to it, but again, it had a conspiracy theory underlying it, and that um, the coronavirus um, started in a laboratory in Wuhan, China. Is that fact or fiction? I've heard both. Yeah, and, and again, we don't know with certainty, but I actually think it's highly likely that that's the case. Um you know, initially the reports were that this was uh, the source were bats that were being sold in these wet markets in Wuhan, China. Um, that appears to have largely uh, fallen apart, just no evidence to support that. Um, and there does appear to be good evidence that it did originate in a laboratory. And frankly, in my opinion, was probably an inadvertent release of the virus uh, so I, I have no reason to believe that there is any malintent here. Uh, the, a break in technique is enough to let the virus out, and this is, as I said, wildly contagious. So why would any country, any laboratory, be wanting to develop a virus that is as deadly as this? I mean, is there some research component that you develop the virus so then you can create an antibody for it? I mean, I, I don't get why anyone would be 
developing that, a virus. Well, I understand, uh, and I'm going to tell you that I am certainly no expert in all aspects of this. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, virology labs are commonplace throughout the world, uh, throughout this country, and we do a lot of research with viruses essentially to be able to understand them better. Uh, if they do become a pathogen in, uh, in humans and we want to be able to treat it more effectively or prevent it, so there's some legitimate reasons to do research like that. Uh, and unfortunately, in some places, uh, and it's even happened in this country, uh, there's research into viruses uh, and bacteria as a biological weapon. Um, so I have no idea what the Chinese laboratory was about, but I'm unwilling to assign any kind of malign intent without more evidence. Mm-hmm. I suspect it was just a simple break in laboratory technique. Yeah, because then I read that, you know, it was a a scientist, an evil scientist who was originally from the U.S. who worked in that lab. And the conspiracy serious was that malicious intent to create havoc in the United States. So you're you're throwing that one out. Yes, I really am. I, I would have to see really compelling evidence to believe that. I know how easily breaks in technique can happen in laboratories. People make mistakes. Uh, mm-hmm. I suspect someone inadvertently exposed themselves to this and then carried it out of the lab and it began to spread through the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as deadly as this virus is for them to create it and then impact their own country wasn't the brightest move. In, they weren't the brightest light bulb in the box, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I would find it hard to believe that anyone would yeah. do that. Hey, we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the disease itself what organs it impacts, and what are the long-term percussions if you test positive for COVID-19. You're listening to Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Meals from the Heartland's 13th annual Hunger Fight runs from August 24th through September 12th. The challenge is to package 6 million meals in three weeks to feed the hungry around the world. Blessing International seeks 65 volunteers to pack meals for two hours to help meet the challenge. The event is Thursday evening, August 27th from 6 to 8. For more information, email Marvin at blessmaninternational.org by August 25th. For more information or to register to help, email Marvin at blessmaninternational.org. 
Check out the latest issue of the Catholic Mirror hitting mailboxes this weekend. Hear from the Diocesan Superintendent of Schools and Catholic Principals on how they're welcome kids back to the classroom while taking precautions for social distancing and sanitation. Read about the Christ Our Life Conference, the new streaming option, and safety and sanitation measures. Learn about women in Council Bluffs baking up thousands of pies to support their parish. And read about a diocesan priest stuck abroad for almost four months due to COVID-19. Check out these stories and much more in the August issue of the Catholic Mirror hitting mailboxes this weekend. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supplies specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for your support of Dowling Catholic Sports 365. Construction Professionals is a family-owned business dedicated to our customers. Whether designing, building, or renovating, we are here to better serve you. Our passion for quality craftsmanship, paired with our dedication to creativity, result in a home that reflects your personality, style, and family function. Construction Professionals. Design. Build. Renovate. cpcustomhomes.com. From our family to yours, God bless. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Things look fair for the next couple of days. Our afternoon high about 80 with sunshine. Clear overnight down to the upper 50s and then we're in the low 80s tomorrow and it stays sunny. The weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy. Outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Straight Talk here in Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guest today is Dr. William Yost, an internist with Unity Point and a member of the Medical Committee advising Bishop Johnson and our Catholic schools on the medical risks of COVID-19. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm loving that we're getting fact versus fiction kind of separated out so that we aren't any more confused than uh, than what it has been thrown at us in 2020. Well, it's my uh, pleasure. And, you know, we did talk about this a bit at the top of the hour, but I just think it's worth repeating that part of what makes this so difficult for people is we know relatively little about this, and it changes almost on a daily basis. Where mm-hmm. our, our knowledge is evolving. So what we believe today may not be at all what we believe two weeks or six weeks or six months from now. Uh, and that's, again, part of what makes this a challenge for people. We were talking, my family and I were talking the other day, and, and one of them was complaining that, it, you know, everything changes all the time. And I'm like, you know, most scientific research we as the consumer have no clue what's going on of the 
the the advancements and the the fails in the you know in a particular study and you know where how the research waffles back and forth until you know aspirin is now on the shelf oh great we have aspirin you know and it's like that's we're getting real time information on a disease as the scientists are working on it so of course when you get real time information on research you're going to get ups and downs. Oh, absolutely. So we, have to, we just have to be patient. We do. And I think it's important to remember that not only are we getting this in a real-time kind of uh, basis, but it's unfiltered in many cases. In other words, yeah. not all of the articles that are being published have gone through extensive peer review. They haven't been mm-hmm. critiqued by experts in the field. And not everything that gets out there into the literature is valid. So it's going to take time for us to really be able to sort these issues out. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about this disease itself and, and you know, it's, it's respiratory, it's, you know, all of these various things that it is. Now, what organs does it impact? If you've got coronavirus, what are the organs that are damaged because of it? Well, yeah, you know, it's, of course, as a virus, it uh, spreads throughout our body. Uh, and so it can potentially infect virtually all cells. Now, it definitely has a predilection for the lungs, for the respiratory tissues. Um, in, in some cases, we see uh, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, so there can be involvement of the GI tract. Um, but principally, it's uh, what we worry about most is the impact upon the lungs uh, and the risk that someone develops failure, uh, respiratory failure, meaning the lungs are no longer providing sufficient oxygen or eliminating the waste products of the body, and people end up on ventilators or, or die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're fortunate and can recover from COVID-19. I've heard horror stories about the long-term repercussions. And long-term meaning, you know, again, we only have four months of five months worth of history. You know, what are the long-term repercussions if you've had COVID-19? I'm sure it varies based on how serious of a, of, that you were impacted by it. But what can someone expect? What really are the long-term repercussions? Well, the good news is for the majority of patients, there are no long-term repercussions. They recover from this. They may find that they are more fatigued than they would expect, even more short of breath than they would expect over a matter of several weeks, uh, maybe even up to six to eight weeks. But most people will experience a full and complete recovery. You know, we talked just a moment ago about the organ systems involved. One thing I didn't mention that can certainly affect one's long-term prognosis is the fact that this virus seems to increase the risk of forming blood clots. And so that's, we believe, why we saw patients dying suddenly from heart attacks uh, or developing other blood clots that would go to the lungs, to the brain. Um, So it clearly at least has a a transient or temporary propensity to cause blood clots in the body, which can cause permanent damage to an organ. If you develop blood clots in the heart, for example, you may end up with a terribly weakened heart and congestive heart failure as a result of that. So in terms of the long-term consequences, which fortunately are less common than full recovery, we do think about potential impact on 
organs like the lungs, the heart, uh, older adults, mm-hmm. particularly people with comorbid conditions like diabetes, known heart disease, kidney disease may have a worse prognosis and outcome. Uh, so certainly the elderly are at higher risk. I just, uh, during our break, received an email that had a chart around um, 59% of the deaths are folks in this um, elderly category. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, I, I've heard that, you know, the, the older folks are more susceptible, but I didn't realize that 59%. But then again, it was an article that came from the internet, so you don't know if the research was solid or not. Well, I think that the the scientific research, the medical research that I've seen published in peer-reviewed journals uh, would substantiate that. It, it's okay. more dangerous for an older population, but uh, there are certainly young people that die from this, uh, even children that, that have died from this. Uh, Children are at lower risk, it appears. Uh, they, they're less likely to transmit the infection, it appears. They're certainly less likely to become seriously ill. But even children can and do. Uh, and, and we've lately seen some reports that suggest it may cause uh, kind of a, an inflammatory, flaccid paralysis in, in some cases. We saw a spate of them come out of New York and, uh, and other parts of the world. So this is uh, an equal opportunity pathogen. It's, it doesn't really spare anybody, but certainly at much higher risk as we get older or have comorbid conditions like heart disease, diabetes, et cetera. So, um, you know, we hear of those folks that are asymptomatic, and, and are those folks really the ones that don't have underlying health conditions, and that's why they don't get the full-blown cases of covid um, or, or is it unrelated? Is the severity of the case unrelated to underlying conditions? Oh, I think that there, there's clearly a relationship there, but I think it's more complicated mm-hmm. than that as well. I think that, okay. you know, in the absence of any of those, as we say, comorbid conditions, your risk is lower. So young, healthy adults are at lower risk, but it also has to do with how much of the virus they, they managed to inhale or acquire. Did they get a big dose or did they get just a, a little bitty dose? You know, the infective dose seems to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, their general state of health at the time that they get infected. I've certainly seen um, people, uh, young adults mostly, who come in with pretty unimpressive symptoms, basically, you know, not much more than a head cold, and it turns out to be COVID-19. Um, and they do fine. You know, they're, they're home, uh, they're quarantined, they, they check in with their physician, and they recover without any complications. But then there are others, uh, and we read about them in the newspaper, that have a, a dramatically different course, find themselves in the emergency room, find themselves on ventilators, sometimes within hours of their arrival, and some of them die. You know, and you, you see all these images of groups of young people who think they are invincible, yeah. Um, gathering without face masks. There's no social distancing. Um, who knows if they're washing hands? I that's irrelevant. Um, but you know, it's like okay, young people. Yeah, we all think we were invincible when we were young, but they need to be as diligent as everyone in wearing their masks and social distancing, especially once they're going back to college and thinking, "Hoo hoo." You know, I'm away from home. I can do whatever I want. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. (laughs) 
No, you're absolutely right. There, there is a sense of invincibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent 11 years in the Army. I saw plenty of young, invincible soldiers who found that at some point they were not invincible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see the same thing, of course, in civilian life. It would be more prudent to at least practice social distancing. Now, let, let's talk about the second wave that we're seeing in the news now. Um, you know, we, we did have an uptick after the restrictions were kind of lifted. I don't know if that was considered a second wave or just, you know, a reaction to, you know, some restrictions being lifted. But Beijing had a, a second wave of COVID in early July, and and they did extreme measures. The article that I was reading about that, holy moly, I mean, they went door to door to test people. Um, and they've con- they've curtailed the spread of the virus uh, to the point that earlier this week, there was no new positive cases. Um, but they're not the only location in China that experiences second wave. Or what, what can we expect here in the United States? Yeah, we, I've, <laughs> I've heard speculation. Where's your crystal ball? Do you have it? Did you bring it today? Yeah, <laughs> just what I was looking for on my desk. Oh, okay. I, um, I'm not sure we'll see a second wave. I'm not sure that the first wave will ever completely go away. I think, as you've pointed out, uh, you know, the Chinese were certainly much more draconian in their approach to this. They don't have to worry about civil liberties, by and large, uh, as we tend to here in the United States. Uh, so they can practice measures that are fairly extreme and consequently fairly effective. Um, we don't here. And so I've heard some of my colleagues speculate as to whether we'll see a second wave or not, or will we just see kind of an ebb and flow of the first wave? I think it's very possibly going to be the latter case. Okay. I, I agree with Dr. Fauci that we're not looking at this going away anytime soon. Um, I, I have told my family that I think we're in this for one to two years. Uh, you know, the the, the thing that we need to achieve is herd immunity. A vaccine will help that. But until we get somewhere between 60 and 90 percent of the population immune to this organism, it's just going to continue to be there. Our hospitals are going to have these patients on their wards, in our ICUs. It's just going to be a backdrop to our lives. Well, you're Mr. Fun, aren't you? Well, that's what my family <laughs> tells me when I say that. <laughs> But, you know, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, Gene, that I tell them is we're going to get through this. We we are going to get through this. Uh, We'll we'll practice the mitigation measures. Uh, We're in God's good hands. We need to always remember that. And over time, this, too, will pass. And hopefully we emerge smarter and stronger for it. Yes. Yes. God willing. Uh, We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about this return to school and and hopefully eliminate, uh, alleviate some fears of parents, and also talking about the vaccines that are being worked on and, you know, what we should do about those. All this more and more on Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Lee Eddie in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. The coronavirus has impacted lives in Iowa and around the world. This is especially true in rural South Africa, where COVID-19 restrictions have led to vulnerable children being hospitalized due to starvation. To combat this hunger, Blessman International now offers a program called One Child at a Time. You can sponsor a child in South Africa for $1 a day. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. BlessmanInternational.org. Need an experienced attorney for legal matters? I know a guy. 
Stephen C. Reed, attorney at law, is a proud supporter of Iowa Catholic Radio. Steve is a longtime resident of Iowa and is licensed to practice in all Iowa state and federal courts. He has years of experience in real estate law, wills, conservatorships, trusts, and estate planning. Steve's law office phone number is 515-224-1776. That's 515-224-1776. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid is provided by Dream Dirt. Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction is a licensed and experienced farm brokerage and auction company. Dream Dirt auctioneers are PRI and CAI certified professional farm marketers and have trained to understand the strategy behind a successful auction or sale. We work to reduce stress and risk for our customers and do not charge advertising fees. Learn more at DreamDirt.com. Dream Dirt Farm and Equipment Auction Services. Farm auctions done right. 515-257-7199. Check out the latest issue of the Catholic Mirror hitting mailboxes this weekend. Hear from the Diocesan Superintendent of Schools and Catholic Principals on how they welcome kids back to the classroom while taking precautions for social distancing and sanitation. Read about the Christ Our Life Conference, the new streaming option, and safety and sanitation measures. Learn about women in Council Bluffs baking up thousands of pies to support their parish. And read about a diocesan priest stuck abroad for almost four months due to COVID-19. Check out these stories and much more in the August issue of the Catholic Mirror hitting mailboxes this weekend. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence Brewing Company at 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake, and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company offers curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Welcome back to Straight Talk and Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and joining me today is Dr. William Yost. He's an internist with Unity Point and a member of the Medical Committee advising Bishop Johnson uh, on our return to worship and our Catholic schools on their return to learn plans. And we're talking today about COVID-19, fact or fiction. What is really going on with all of this? So let's talk about that return to learn plan, doctor. Um, you know, parents are, they're across the board as to whether their kids should should um, be back in the school building. Now, children with underlying health issues, homeschooling may be their best option. But our Catholic schools are, are beginning the school year with face-to-face instruction. Now, how comfortable can parents be with the protocols the schools are implementing? Well, I think they can be very comfortable. Uh, you know, I, as, as you mentioned, I've been involved with uh, the Catholic Schools Return to Learn Plan. I think uh, that Donna Bishop and her team have done a terrific job at preparing for this. Uh, I've reviewed the document several times, as has Dr. Sullivan and Dr. Allen, um, I think that it's as safe as can be. Now, now, saying that, I recognize every parent has to make his or her own decision regarding um, 
where their child can be best educated. Um, but I have no concerns whatsoever about the measures that are being implemented through our return to learning plan. The only other thing I would add to that, Gene, is, mm-hmm. uh, and we acknowledge this specifically whenever we talk to one another, and by we I mean both doctors and those in the uh, educational community, this is very likely to change over the next several weeks as the as the uh, you know the COVID nineteen situation evolves, so will our return to learning plan. But mm-hmm. with what we know now, um, I am very comfortable with the plan that's in place. Well, and I am really impressed with our schools. Um, oh, the, the the work that they've done over the summer. Last week, I had Dr. Dan Ryan on, and folks, if you're interested, you can go and listen to it on our podcast about um, the advancements they've made at Dowling Catholic, so that. Actually, I have bad news about this. There's no more snow days <laughs> because um, you can. If the teachers can get to school, if you have American history second period, you can still have American history second period sitting in your living room. Sure. And you know, it's like we've taken a, a we've taken a lemon and made lemonade. I mean, I just think it's amazing the advancements that they've used uh, technology to to help our kids continue their learning uh, without without a, a blink of an eye. So that's Well, excellent. I think that's a really important point. I think that as hard as this is, and as tragic as it is for, for particularly individuals who get sick and, and don't survive the illness, um, mm-hmm. we'll still find this to be transformative and in a positive way in many respects. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Principally, I work in medical education. I oversee residents and medical students at our campus and the transformation that's taken place in the way in which we deliver educational content is stunning. And a lot of that's going to persist. Even after COVID-19 becomes nothing but a memory, uh, a lot of these good changes will persist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what's so bad about washing your hands really well? Absolutely and little nothing. Kids, <laughs> yeah, little kids will learn that now. And um, yeah, so it'll be good. Right. Uh, yes, there are, are some devastating um repercussions of this as well but i'm i'm finding the glass half full as opposed to half empty so we have to go there but i want to take our last few minutes here to talk about vaccines and what your thoughts are on the speed at which these vaccines are being developed and tested it kind of scares me well i I, and and that's a reasonable response Uh, the reason that we have all these safeguards in place and a process that is so laborious and time-intensive is to protect the consumer, to protect the Mm -hmm. patient. Um, On the other hand, I applaud the decisions to uh, accelerate the process. I think it's it's unprecedented, but given the the scope of the pandemic and the fact that people do die from it, this is is an appropriate decision, in my opinion, to accelerate Mm -hmm. the pace. Now, will we be be successful? It's impossible to know. Um, but I look at the at my patients as well as family members who have largely sheltered in place since the middle of March. Uh, my mother, for example, uh, mm-hmm. and a vaccine for that population would be liberating in every sense of the word uh, and probably improve overall health. So as Catholics, I have concerns that the development of five of the different vaccines are using that you're going to be impressed with me now, the HEK 293 and the PERC six cell lines. Okay. I am impressed. 
Okay. Okay. Don't be. I, I copied that. Um, but those two cell lines are from aborted fetuses. That's correct. Now, as of um, early June, two of which have moved into the human testing phase. Now, I want to know how we as patients know if the vaccine our doctor is going to be offering at some point in time contain one of these cell lines. Well, I'm concerned as you are. Uh, you know, as mm -hmm. a Catholic, I am uh, completely opposed to abortion and completely yeah. opposed to the use of any products from an aborted fetus. It's just wrong. It's unethical. It's, right. It uh, is wrong in every sense of the word. So um, I share your concern. Uh, I think that if one wanted to know, it really only takes a few minutes of research on the Internet, first of all, to find out. Uh, when a vaccine is produced under its trade name, it takes literally just a few keystrokes to uh, Google the trade name and the company, and there will be information there on the origin of the uh, uh, of the vaccine. And when I did this just last night to, uh, to confirm that, it, it's all out there and, and they don't hesitate to explain the source of the uh, tissue that was used to grow the vaccine. So um, it's a problem. It, it is a problem for us Catholics. I think Bishop Johnson would be far better than I to answer this, but I did see a statement from the Vatican that said something to the effect that if there was absolutely no other alternative, that it would be morally acceptable for a Catholic to use a vaccine like that. But again, there I, I don't pretend to be... There are other vaccines being developed. And that would be the thing that I would ask and investigate if I were a patient about to get the vaccine, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it just, it makes me nervous getting the vaccine in the first place because... You know, what are the long-term repercussions? I mean, if they're starting human testing now, uh, you don't know if, you know, two years down the road, it could have other health issues or could impact your children's children because of something in the, you know, genetic, whatever. Um, yeah, it, it just makes me nervous that it's going so fast. And then the potential that it has aborted fetuses in it you know, I may lean towards not getting the vaccine, but then you're then you're conflicted about that. Yes. Well, and I think you've raised <laughs> two good issues. I think you're right to feel some degree of anxiety about the accelerated pace. I think that shows you're paying attention, Gene. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the, the second piece, though, uh, with respect to the source of the vaccine, I think it's incumbent upon us to ask, to find out. Mm -hmm. And if there's an alternative, to take advantage of that. I will say, though, that by and large, vaccines are very safe for the vast majority of people, and I will not hesitate to get vaccinated if and when that vaccine becomes available. And to have your mom vaccinated. And to have my mom vaccinated. That's right, my whole family. You know, I think that's when, when doctors say, yes, I'll send my kids back to school. Yes, I'll get the vaccine. You know, I do trust that they've done and have access to more research than I would, or that they'd understand the research. And that does give me um, a certain sense of comfort. So I do appreciate, I do appreciate your vote of confidence in that process. Um, I thank you for coming today. Uh, this is for having, joining me today. I think this is good that we've had this conversation and, and I encourage folks to, to share this. This will be posted on Facebook. Shortly, you can always access it through our podcasts on our free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Thank you, Dr. Yost, for joining me today. 
Um, thanks to my producer, Jimmy Olson, and uh, I am Jean Wells. And today, asking St. Rocco, the patron saint against plagues and infectious disease, to deliver us from the coronavirus, and may his intercession preserve our bodies from contagious diseases and our souls from the contagion of sin. St. Rocco, pray for us. Thank you for joining me today on Straight Talk. We are on the air because of your prayers and your generosity. Please consider a tax-deductible gift to Iowa Catholic Radio at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and always available on podcasts through our Iowa Catholic Radio free app. Stay tuned now for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless. Straight Talk, where you get answers to tough issues impacting your life. Listen anywhere at any time via podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk, heard every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and replayed at 10 p.m. only on Iowa Catholic Radio.